Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. That's a long passage. <laughs> So good morning. My name is Kathy Nagley Delgado. If you do not know that, I am your church administrator, but I am also a certified lay minister, which is pretty much more the reason why I'm up here this morning. Um, and it is my privilege to be up here this morning. Happy New Year. Ah, yeah, weird, right? Like that sounds very odd. It's only three days after Thanksgiving, um, but it is indeed the first Sunday of the new year in the church calendar or the liturgical calendar, as we call it. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of our new year, the beginning of our journey through the birth and life of Jesus to his death and resurrection with time in between to consider the fullness of his teachings and his works. So we do begin the church year with Advent. The sanctuary has been decorated. Marianne did a great job, as usual. The nativity scene is set out. But the most visible sign of Advent is the Advent wreath, with its five candles. Each week, we light one more candle, bringing more and more light into the world. 
we start with the candle of hope. Because Advent is a time of preparing and hoping. On the second Sunday, love. Then the pink candle on the third Sunday for joy. And on the fourth Sunday, the candle of peace. Finally, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, the white Christ candle is lit, celebrating that the wait is over and Jesus is born. Lighting these candles and sharing the messages of their meaning is a special way that individuals and families participate in the Advent liturgy, the work of the people. By the way, if you just happen to Google the definition of liturgy last week after Stuart spoke about it, you probably found something like rituals prescribed for public worship. And that's how we commonly use the word. But if we dig a little deeper, we find the ancient Greek word from which it derives, liturgia, which literally means work for or of the people. That's how early Christians saw their worship, as the work for the people, of the people. But I digress. Let's go back to Advent. The fact that the candles are on a wreath is not just a random arrangement. Similar to our wedding bands, the wreath is a circle representing eternity. In this case, everlasting life. It is a circle that never ends. And the word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, which means arrival. Traditionally, we have come to know Advent as a time for preparing for Christ's arrival, both as a baby who was born some 2,000 years ago and for his return. Each week, we focus on one of the four hallmarks of Advent, hope, love, joy, and peace. And the first Sunday today is hope. We can see that hope in today's scripture reading. Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her now that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid. Now at the time that this was written, Jerusalem had been through some things. <laughs> um, her nerves were shot. I think most of us can relate. There has been a lot going on. The people of Jerusalem were tired and demoralized. Over the last year and a half, I have certainly had times when I felt that way. Again, I think most of us can relate. This pandemic has been filled with worry and sickness and isolation. Each time we think we're seeing the end, some new variant rears its ugly head and threatens to derail us. And even as we begin to resume our normal activities, our normal lives, we endure a hospital stay with no one beside us. Or school days interrupted by quarantining. 
or travel plans with friends or family suddenly canceled over failed tests or ever-changing protocol. We too are going through some things. We too are hungry for hope. Jerusalem, like us, is offered a glimmer of hope. The messenger brings words of comfort. God has not abandoned them. And then I think this next piece is very important to the story. The messenger invites Jerusalem to welcome God's presence into their lives to make room for God. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Prepare the way. This is the invitation to us during Advent. To prepare for Christ's arrival. To renew our commitment as followers of Jesus. We are invited to make a straight path for God to be in our hearts and in our lives. And when we do that, when we draw God closer to us, when we begin to truly accept and know God, we receive God's gift of hope. Hope is knowing our God, believing in God's promises, and trusting that God loves us, transforms us, and sanctifies us. Hope is the knowledge that our lives have meaning, that each day we live matters, that we matter because we are loved by God and we have life. Through God. Hope is the freedom to live for what really matters. With hope, we can live differently. We can look beyond our current circumstances and we can look beyond ourselves. Through hope, we know that God's love for us gives the deepest meaning and purpose to our existence. That how we live in this world can help us to bring God's eternal kingdom to earth and closer to God's desire for each of us, no matter what happens to us. Perhaps that makes it all the more important to consciously carve out time during Advent to prepare our own way of the Lord and make God's path straight to us. We know that Jesus came as a baby, and we anticipate his coming again. These are the basic tenets of Advent. But we can't forget that he is here with us right now, too. He is always near us in joyful times, and when we are in deep sorrow, when we are sick, and when we are well. If we can make the path straight for him to be in our lives, if we can prepare the way 
for God to be with us every day, then we are welcoming God more fully into our lives. And that is where the hope lies. In the fullness of God's love and mercy. I see, I see Isaiah's prophetic words to prepare the way as a reminder that God is always present, is always with us, but that we have to be intentional to bring God's peace, love, joy, and hope close enough to feel, to know, and to share. We have to intentionally look beyond the social media hysteria, past the next shiny thing, deeper than the festive decorations. We have to intentionally take some time apart from all the shopping, list-making, cookie-baking, present-wrapping, party-going, and, as the Grinch himself would say, all the noise, 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 noise. We don't have to give these things up if they truly bring us joy. But every now and then, hmm, we might take a break and refocus. It begins right here in this room with the sacrament of Holy Communion, with prayer, and with the community of the church. How it continues outside of this room is up to you, to each of us. How can we open our hearts to God more fully during this Advent? Surely prayer is a part of it. And maybe a special book can help you to reflect on your faith journey. I'm going to be reading Honest Advent by Scott Erickson again. Perhaps a study group like the one Mike and Tina Wilson are leading. Are you in a small group? Because the small groups are a great way to ask the questions on our minds and find new ways to actively build that highway. Taking a hike on a chilly morning can be a wonderful way to renew ourselves, reflecting on the path we are walking and the path we are making for God. Whatever your choices of spiritual practices, whatever works best for you, do that. Make Advent a time of renewing your hope or maybe even finding your hope for the first time. Hope is so powerful. Why does Christianity flourish where people are suffering? Hope. Jesus brings hope to the oppressed, to the lost, to the outcast. Why do we turn to God in our darkest moments? Hope. God brings hope in sadness, loss, grief, but we can only truly know that hope if we make room for it. 
we can prepare the way for God to be in our lives more fully. We can make straight the path between ourselves and God. And as we do that, we will know the hope that only God's true presence in our lives can bring. And we can share that beautiful gift of hope with those around us. Amen.